Want to get the edge in your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle delved deeper into the data behind all of the Premier League matches every single game week. We combine Pinnacle's sharp betting markets with the game's latest analytical metrics to help you find value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to EPL Insights for Game Week 10 in the Premier League. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osmithorpe with you again as we delve into the markets, the lines. This week in the Premier League, everything we deal with, you can find on Pinnacle. We are powered, statistically speaking, by Understat. Uh, a week we're coming off in Game Week 9. A little bit of a struggle for me, Jake. Uh, lost about two and a half units. Still a healthy profit of around eight units thus far this Premier League season. You were just under, what was it? Not 0.2 units down last week. Uh, it turned out to be a relatively tough board. I did have three outright wins. Two on a plus number, Liverpool winning to nil, Newcastle winning to nil. But I think some of the results may have surprised us. Chelsea Arsenal going over where it felt like everyone was on the under for relatively salient reasons, but it simply didn't play out that way. But the big story of the weekend after I mocked them, well, maybe it was a slight jab against them a week ago. Spurs are still atop the Premier League table and we're through nine game weeks thus far. What do you make of that and where we find ourselves heading into a brand new week in the Premier League? Yeah, I'll start with Spurs because, you know, they, they've been they've been excellent. <clears throat> you know, as we said, or as I said at the start of the season, I felt like they would be a better team because to be able to reinvest and build a team. And um, I wasn't the only one who was saying that at the start of the campaign. Um, but everyone just needs to slam the brakes on the title talk because it's not happening. I'm really sorry, but it's not. Um, you know, the, the performances have been steady. The results have obviously been good. But, you know, they, they've played they've played three teams of the big six already against United. They were lucky not to be two nil down at halftime against Liverpool. They played against 10 men, then nine men and then needed an own goal to get the win. And against Arsenal, if it weren't for a little bit of over celebrating and, you know, bit of dilly dallying on the ball for Jorginho, then Arsenal probably go away and win that game. So there's been a lot of fortune in those wins, uh, in those points. And then if you look at who else they've played, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Burnley, Luton, they played all the bottom four. They played a Brentford team at the start of the season. First game out of the traps. And they played a Fulham team who I've, I think will probably finish around 15th, 14th, 15th. Um, so the schedule's been kind to them. They've still got to play quite a lot of that mid-pack. They've still got to play your Villas, your Brightons, your Chelsea's who are improving. Um, they've still got to play Newcastle. Obviously, still got to play City as well. Um, so, yeah, there's bigger tests to come. And, yeah, I just, I'm not getting too carried away at this moment in time. And, yeah, it is, it is what it is. You know, they've they've had a lot of dark days at Tottenham, so let's let them enjoy it for a little brief period of time. Um, and you know, they might be enjoying it for a few a few games longer yet because very winnable fixture on Friday night against Crystal Palace. Um, then they've got Chelsea Wolves after that, so they could pick up effectively seven points, um, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot to like about them. Easy on the eye. They're a team you can root for at the moment, which is not you can say, not what you could say a couple of seasons ago. Well, you heard it here first on EPL Insights. Spurs are not winning the title. It will not be the last time you've heard it. You can find them in terms of your futures play on the market on Pinnacle at plus 1,000. City still the odds on at minus 150. Arsenal at plus 450. Liverpool at plus 5,000. Newcastle next after Spurs at a whopping plus 39.32. So uh, th- that's what Pinnacle, the, what the market suggests to you. If you still fancy Spurs at plus 1,000, not playing European football, uh, no fixture congestion, some injuries, some little niggles starting to find their way into this team. Uh, but yeah, Spurs are there if you want it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I shared the exact same sentiment as Jabe, Jake. Uh, I did from the beginning of the season. I did it from the beginning of last season, in fairness, and there's nothing I've seen that's going to change my mind yet, but... Brilliant start to the season. Go on and enjoy it. What do you make of that 2-2 draw, Chelsea-Arsenal? Um, I, I guess neither of us or anyone who bet the under last week was taking into consideration some real questionable goalkeeping going both ways for both teams. The, the Arsenal goalkeeper situation is actually more talked about than the really good start to the season for Arsenal as well. Uh, the, the 2-2 was a result that surprised me. I thought it was going to be very low scoring. Did not turn out to be that way. Two late goals by Arsenal. Gave them 
a decent draw with all things considered the way the game started for them. Uh, what, what do you make of what played out last weekend? By the way, Arsenal and Chelsea closed on pinnacle over two and a half played at plus one Oh four. Yeah. That, it's a game that I still look at and just wonder how it went over. Basically there was a dubious penalty to kick things off. Um, you know, you've seen them given, you've also seen them not given. Um, then Mudrick scores across, which you don't happen, doesn't happen very often. And then the goalkeeper makes an error and Declan Rice scores from 40 yards, which again, doesn't happen very often. So you've got three things there that um, all could have gone the other way in the sense of, you know, penalty could not have been given. Mudrick's cross could be caught by the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper doesn't clear, it's Declan Rice, who then scores for an open net. Uh, and before you know it, you're looking at unders, playing quite um, quite comfortably. So I don't think it was a bad bet at all. I think there was quite a lot went against us in that one. And didn't really learn too much about either team. You know, everyone was raving about Chelsea and their, and their display. But if you look at their underlying data and the XG they put up, they put up a total of 1.7 and 0.8 of that was from a penalty. So there's 0.9 expected goals from open play, um, which is, yeah, for, to say... You know, everyone was waxing lyrical, saying that they were brilliant. That's not good enough. You need to do more with the football. Um, and Arsenal, equally as bad in that regard, just a one expected goal themselves. And as I said, it, they only got back into the game because of that that really freak um, freak goal from Declan Rice. And they did come on strong afterwards. Um, I did think it was interesting. We had some analysis over here on Monday Night Football that uh, Jamie Carragher kind of spotted that the game kind of, changed when Kai Havertz went up front and they played very direct Arsenal. Um, and I do think that's potentially something to look at, especially with the matchup Chelsea got this weekend. Very interesting. Uh, before we kick on with this week's fixture list, uh, time for Jake to gloat. He's taken a commanding 4-1 lead on head-to-head bets this season. Congratulations, Jake. Uh, Aston Villa beat West Ham 4-1, which is apropos to where we stand right now. <laughs> West Ham started slow. I thought they kind of grew into the game in the second half and penalty given. Then it was kind of lights out for West Ham, wasn't it? So congratulations. Go on and gloat. Let's get this out of the way. Yeah, thank you again, Aston Villa. Uh, that's twice now you've done me a, a solid there. Uh, yeah, you, you, I just, I, I, you don't like Aston Villa, do you? That's, that's it. I do. Um, I do. You backed I, I, against them twice on head-to-head against with Palace and West Ham, two far inferior teams, and, and they've been swept aside. So I wonder if you're going to back Luton this week, if I pick Aston Villa on the handicap. I will not be backing Luton this week. But <laughs> in fairness, it was Palace on the handicap, as well as West Ham on the handicap. Yeah. Both of them ended up two-goal wins or more for Aston Villa, so... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to lick my wounds. Still plenty of games. We're basically at the quarter point of the season. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts, Jake. Enjoy it <laughs> while it lasts. Uh, let's get straight into our feature five. We'll go rapid fire for the remaining five this weekend. And we'll share what our favorite bets or best bets of the weekend are as well. All of our odds come from Pinnacle. 25 years of Pinnacle, the most competitive odds and markets uh, on the market. Uh, let's start things off with some Friday night football. It's 11th place Crystal Palace playing top of the table Spurs. And with no European football, they're already out of the Carabao Cup. I mean, this would classify as the quickest or most limited turnaround for Spurs uh, on this Premier League season. At least the FA Cup games uh, come into play. Palace smashed 4-0 at Newcastle last weekend. The 3.73 XG given up. Uh, expected goals against given up, I should say. They're worst on the season. However, they did add 17 shots, not a lot created. Franca did come on and made his debut as a substitute. The team is 3 3 and 3 on the season, but just seven goals scored. Uh, but they do have an expected goals of 4.5 better on the season, according to Understat. Just one goal scored in their last five in all competition for Palace. And their last two two home games, thrillers. Both goalless draws against Nottingham Forest and Fulham. Tompkins is out with Aze. Elise's getting close. Check on his status. I, 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 this weekend might be, or Friday might be a little bit too close. Schlupp is probable for this weekend. Spurs ho-hum. They win again on Monday night. 2-0. Son and Madison with the goals. Son's up to seven on the season in nine games. Madison, what a signing he's turned out to be. Three goals, 
five assists on the season. That's three wins in a row for Spurs, no losses in six. Both teams to score has played in five of seven. They are 7-2-0 and on the season, 23 points. That's two points more than City at this juncture. They've conceded just seven with four clean sheets, but their expected goals against is about four and a half more, according to Understat. 3-2-0 and away from home, had the most away points in the league. Basuma comes back into the team this league weekend. Uh, Udogi has been really good. The Italian international, uh, he's a little bit of a question mark, but should be good to go this weekend. So the palace and Spurs, how do you prognosticate this game? How do you see this playing out, Jake? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be <clears throat> very much in line with what we've seen from palace at home recently, all season for that matter. Uh, low scoring, you know, so far the entire campaign to nine matches, um, six of Palace's have gone under two and a half goals. They've averaged just two goals per game, so that's four and against combined. And at home, it drops to 1.5 goals per game. So, the, as you mentioned, back-to-back nil-nil draws. They're really struggling to create all season long. Just 0.95 expected goals for per game across the last five matches. So that, you know, the, all season long they've struggled, but it is started to get worse, um, which is no surprise given the injury issues um, surrounding Eze and, and obviously Elise still missing. But... Um, I think I think you need at least one of those to carry some sort of an attacking threat because they're the only players that kind of link the midfield to attack. Um, but yeah, that Newcastle game, that will have come as a shock to the system for Palace because that was the first time this season that they had been severely exposed defensively. Before that, they'd been very solid um, in terms of allowing just around 1.3 expected goals against the game. But they got hit really hard by Newcastle, 3.7 um, on that occasion. And I think we'll see a little bit of reaction off the back of that. I think Hodgson will tighten things up a little bit more. Obviously, you've got league leaders in town. You, you don't want to get thumped again, um, especially at home. So I do think it'll be a batting down the hatches job. Be tough to be basically what they've done all season long at home, which is try and keep games very tight. Obviously, they had that one game against Wolves where was it 3-1 or 3-2, but a 1-0 loss to Arsenal and back-to-back 0-0s. Um, I think it's going to be a tough afternoon for Spurs. I do envisage it being similar to... Um, Spurs away matches at Luton um, and at Bournemouth that were very very tough grinds that they weren't you know they they deserved to win the games obviously but they weren't really um, utterly dominant and free flowing as as what we see when they're at home uh, but yeah they I think the the fact that both the last wins for T- Tottenham have come to nil is quite um, I know they've played Fulham and Luton so you, pinch of salt but it does suggest maybe they're starting to find a bit of balance around the play because at the start of the season it was just mental football it was create loads but also leave yourself exposed and it just seemed maybe they found a bit of a balance so um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept a clean sheet here against Spurs given Crystal Palace attacking issues um, and yeah the, the defensive process is slowly improving so six games the last six which includes Arsenal Liverpool they've only conceded 1.2 expected goals against per game so that expected goal against average line is decreasing it's coming down which is a really positive sign for maybe sustained success and potentially finishing the top four Um and yeah, under under two and a half goals has landed in four of Tottenham's uh, nine matches this season. Um, away from them, as I mentioned, they've already had a couple. So I just thought the line was a little bit too too big. You're getting under 2.75 goals. So we're getting a, a quarter goal more than what I was expecting uh, at minus 114. So I'm going to put a unit on that. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Um, yeah, I, it's I kind of, I went the same way at Newcastle with Crystal Palace last week and got burned by Newcastle, but I don't think Tottenham the fact that this is at Selhurst obviously makes that different. And I don't think Spurs quite have that um, that same ferocity of attack as Newcastle do, especially when Newcastle are at St. James's. Yep, uh, no disagreement here. Two more days, by the way, for Palace to rest and regroup and turn their focus into what's been a difficult place to play at Selhurst Park. I was a little bit nervous last time they did play at Selhurst Park last season. Spurs won that game 4-0. I mean, but based on what happened against Newcastle, I think there's a lesson learned there from Crystal Palace. They're just uh, there. I, I actually do believe that they're just a really good defensive team and they're structured that way. And once they get some of their attacking players back, they're going to be much more difficult to play against, but under the total is the play here. I have no doubt about that. I went a little bit of a step further. I went under two and a half at plus one Oh nine. Give me a little bit more juice because I think this one could end one nil one, one, something along those lines. Wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. So um, I, I, I totally understand why you went with the minus 114 at under 2.75. I'm just going to go under two and a half at plus 109. 
for a full unit. Complete agreement. <clears throat> Low scoring game. Let's move on to the next. Which is 12th place Wolves taking on 6th place Newcastle. The game goes 5.30 p.m. on Saturday local time. Wolves a come from behind win for Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth. Lewis Cook was sent off in the 54th and Wolves get that late winner in the 88th. 21 shots in the game for Wolves. Pedro Neto, by the way, joint best with an assist in the Premier League this season. He's got six already for Wolves. They're scoring goals. Uh, no losses in three, no clean sheets in seven. Over two and a half has played in six of eight. Both teams to score in Wolves' last seven games. And Lamina and Semedo, both back available, coming back from suspension for Wolves. So the news gets even better. Problem is they play Newcastle, who have been excellent, who are coming off that 4-0 victory over Palace. Another week with the best expected goals in all of the games that match week in the Premier League. They're tops in that category. They're also tops in goals scored with 24. And another game with four different goal scorers as well. They've done that a bunch of times this year. The, the goals have really been spread out in the team. No losses in eight in all competitions for Newcastle as well. We should mention they do play Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League on Wednesday. Uh, it's not just the attack. Defensively, solid, second in expected goals against, and expected points as well. Four clean sheets in nine games played is the joint best in the Premier League. Last season, they played to a 1-1 draw at the Molyneux, a 2-1 home win for Newcastle. Newcastle hasn't lost to Wolves in three. Wolves no clean sheets in eight. And under two and a half has played in six of eight, but both teams to score has played in seven of eight. So do Newcastle keep this rolling? Wolves have quietly been solid as well. I had them pegged for rele relegation. Uh, I have a massive rethink on that. Gary O'Neill's done a phenomenal job for a team that really didn't bring in uh, a lot of recruits over the over the course of the summer, despite a number of key players leaving. So uh, they've been really good thus far this season. But how do you see this game playing out? Because Wolves have played much differently under Gary O'Neill this season, and Newcastle from both a attacking as well as defensive perspective, look really good to the eye as well as to what the underlying stats suggest as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the, the data um, as usual, you would say. Um, I think Newcastle to win is a bet at minus 135. Uh, I expected that line, to, that number to be, be a bit shorter. Uh, Manchester City, when they went there a few weeks ago, were a lot shorter. You were needing minus 200. Um and yeah, I, you know, the, as you said there, the data so far this season stacks up uh, against Manchester City's lead the league in expected goals for per game with two and a half, second only to City on expected goals against per game, less than one expect one per game, and second only to City on expected points per game. So that's the kind of uh, pool they're swimming in at the moment, and you know that that's kind of continuation from last season, which you know they again were pretty much second in every statistical um, expected goals category behind Manchester City last time around. So um, it's not a surprise to me. I obviously backed them for the top four and most of that was just due to the continuation of what happened last season. That's what we've seen so far. And I do think it's quite interesting that if you look at their matches this season, obviously they got they had three defeats in a row, but they came away at City, at home to Liverpool and away at Brighton. There's a lot of teams are going to go to City and lose. A lot of teams are going to play Liverpool and lose. And a lot of teams are going to go Brighton and lose. So... Everyone was maybe overacting a little bit to those those early season results. And since then, they've been pretty flawless, you know. They've dominated every single game they've played, according to the data, scoring goals, as you mentioned, keeping clean sheets. Um, and yeah, the Wolves, they are probably better than what we expected. Um, better than I expected, anyway. Uh, and you. I think I had them down for relegation as well, or, or in, in that conversation. I'm not saying that they're definitely going to stay up, because I do think that they are a little bit... Uh, there's still some stuff I would like to see from them to um, convince me that they're going to pull well clear. And part of that is just a defensive process, which still remains very, very poor. Conceding 1.8 expected goals against per game um, across the last five. And I know you last five includes Liverpool, Manchester City and Aston Villa. So it consists of three decent teams there, but Newcastle are of that ilk. And I think if you're going to give up that many chances to that kind of uh, team, they're going to be clinical enough to do some serious damage. And, um, you know, in that run, obviously they went to Luton, conceded two point two expected goals, which is not a very good sign. And they had a man sent off in that game, but that's not a very good sign at all. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, against Bournemouth, they 
that red card came at a really bad time for Bournemouth in the sense that it was 1-1. It was very level, very even game. And the red card just kind of flipped the switch. And, and it was just a matter of time, really, for Wolves. As you, as you said, they peppered the, uh, the Bournemouth goal. Um, yeah, I just think there's a massive gulf between these two teams. I think that the, the Newcastle will be able to display that. I know Manchester City got bitten by Wolves in the last home game. Um, uh, sorry, and, and obviously they held Aston Villa. But City haven't been at their firing best lately, which we'll touch on, I no doubt, in the City United match. Um, and Aston Villa Wolves is a, is, is a bit of a local derby. So um, you know, there's caveats to both of those home results. And I just think Newcastle have got enough about them. I, the, the, I know the issue, the midweek game against Dortmund, the only issue I would have is if that was in Germany and there was flying involved and then they were coming back. It's actually in Newcastle. So you know that, you don't have to worry about the, the you know, longer distance travel or anything like that. Just drop down to Wolves um, after, the, after this game and hopefully do the business for me. So... I'm one and a half unit play on Newcastle to beat Wolves. Wow. That, that's a big play. Uh, I'm not quite as confident as you. Betting Newcastle a lot of the time for me is is about the context. Um, you saw after they beat PSG at home, they then went to West Ham and drew two two. I, I just think that there's such an emphasis, there's such a motion of being back in the Champions League that even a midweek fixture against Dortmund, it, it's it's going to be one that I think is going to be taxing and tolling on this team. And look at their upcoming schedule for Newcastle as well. Next week, away at Manchester United in the EFL Cup. Then they play Arsenal the weekend after at home. Then Dortmund away. It's, it, it's a big stretch for this team. How will they fare? I, I'm really positive on their chances. But it just makes betting an outright win, not my preferred play in this one. I still need to see how that squad's going to rotation. Sven Botman's still out of this team. I think that that's a little bit of concern because, I, you know, LaSalle's has done well since he's come back in. Their shape is decent. Who knows how much longer Tenali's going to be, be available for. He could be out as, as, as soon as this weekend. So we'll see what that means. We're obviously recording this ahead of Dortmund. What I do like in this game, because Wolves, this isn't the Wolves team that we've seen in recent years playing very defensive football. Uh, they've been going for it, and they've been left themselves open to expose at times, but but they're scoring goals as well. Wolves have gone over two and a half and six of eight, and both teams to score in seven of seven. That is a recipe for goals for me for Wolves to potentially score one um, and Newcastle to maybe score multiple goals in this game. So I'm going to combine this. I'm going to go both teams to score and over two and a half at plus 123. A 2-1, a 3-1, I can see any of those happen. I just think that there's goals in this fixture. Just a reminder after Champions League games, the 2-2 against West Ham, also Newcastle put an eight spot on Sheffield United after their first Champions League game as well. It's something I'm going to continue to follow with this Newcastle team to see what kind of trend develops. Um, but right now, both teams have scored the over. Uh, that's the play I like the most at plus 123 in a full unit play for this one. So um, anything to add or do you want to move on? Um, yeah, I, I personally would be leaning towards this being a, a maybe Newcastle win to nil. I could see them shutting oh. Wolves out. Um, defensively, they've been excellent. I know you said that Botman's out, but LaSalle's been sensational since he's come in, really. Um, and, and yeah, they, they've got the, if they wanted to rotate, they've got the depth to do that. You know, you've got Livermento can come in at right back and, and play in there. Matt Target can come in and play a left back, um, as well as the, the lad signed from Chelsea, Lewis Hall. I don't think they're going to rotate that heavily. Um, you, know, you mentioned Tonali, he didn't play last week. He came on as a sub. Um, so, you know, they're kind of ready for that already. Joe Linton's back fully fit, which is the reason for that. Um, yeah, I, I like it. You know, last week, Isak didn't start. Almiron didn't start. Tonali didn't start. Tonali's probably going to play midweek. Um, yeah, I, I think that they've got plenty about them to be able to do some serious damage. And I just don't know if Wolves are going to be consistent when it comes to creating chances because for what we've seen so far this season, they have been very hit and miss um, and they've been very clinical, which... You know, it's not, in certain matches, it's not going to be too sustainable. You know, they took the chance against Man City. I, I, two I, goals yeah, for 0.7 it, XG. They, so. they, they also scored two goals at Palace. They scored against Liverpool. They, they've scored against some good teams. The only time that they haven't scored a goal in all competitions this season 
was in their opening match at Manchester United where the Onana incident should have been a penalty at the end. So they're finding a way to create chances and score goals. So I'm banking on at least one this weekend Yeah, <laughs> against Newcastle, which is possible, uh, very possible for me, especially with the midweek fixture for Newcastle. Uh, let's move things forward to Bright and Fulham. The game is being played on Sunday. Uh, just a heads up to all you betters out there. It's daylight savings time in the UK. Not in North America where I'm stationed, but locally it is daylight savings time. So the games will all be played an hour earlier. It's going to be, um, so just keep that in mind this weekend. Brighton's in seventh place, Fulham's in 13th place. Brighton lost 2-1 to City. Uh, they were outplayed in the first half, but they outplayed and pushed City to the limits in the second half. Ansu Fati scored his second Premier League goal. Um, only five shots for Brighton, which is mysteriously low for them. Uh, Brighton are third in goal scored just by Newcastle and Villa. Uh, third in XG. They're 3-1-1 one, and one at home. No wins in five. No clean sheets in 14 for Brighton. They've gone over two and a half in nine of 10. Both teams <laughs> have score in nine of 10. I mean, just scoring goals for fun. That's what they do. Uh, some new injury issues. Well back in Sully March. Um, monitor both. I mean, March is out. Welbeck looks like he could be out as well. A good run of games ahead for Brighton. If you're if you're thinking about making any kind of future play or you want to see where they're going, they play Ajax at home before this one. Ajax are 17th place in the Eredivisie right now. Just fired their manager. They play Fulham. They're at Everton. Then Ajax away. Sheffield United at Forest. Then AEK away. I mean, that is a good stretch for Brighton to head into here. Um, it could mean really good things. Fulham are coming off a 2-0 loss at Spurs as they lose to one of the big clubs again when they step up in competition. I mean, Fulham just are simply no-shows. Uh, no clean sheet in their last four. Although their manager, Marco Silva, was handed a new contract this week, they really miss Mitrovic leading the line, like having that true focal point. Still, Fulham third worst in XG and only four goals in five away games. Triore, Tete, Diop all remain out for Fulham. Head-to-head, Fulham won both fixtures, both games between these two sides last season. 1-0 away, 2-1 at home, and haven't lost in seven overall to Brighton. It would be a surprise to see that trend continue, but is the horse at least a historical trend as of late between these sides? So what do you make of 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 this fixture, Jake? Because Brighton games mean goals, but Fulham has shown a real issue scoring them. So how do you see this one? Yeah, I had a <clears throat> bit of a wrestle. I, 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 I'm taking a pro-Brighton stance. It's just a case of whether I back Brighton on the handicap or Brighton to win in both teams to score, which has obviously been profitable um, in five of the nine Premier League games so far. And I think with the Fulham attacking struggles, I think taking Brighton on the handicap is a smarter play, just in case they do keep a rare clean sheet. Um so that's at minus one thirteen is the is the price for Brighton minus one on the Asian handicap. Yes, they are winless in three, but they've played at Aston Villa, which is a fortress. They've played against Liverpool at home, and they've played at Manchester City. So they've had three really tough games. Um, it's no surprise at all for me that they're, they're they're winless. I know that they generally can punch the big teams in the mouth, give them a bloody nose, and they did that against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I don't think we can read too much into that. The XG in all three matches suggest they were all very even contests. I know they were 3-0 down to Villa, which probably explains why that XG total looked fairly even towards the end, 1.9 to 1.7. 2.2 to 2.5 against Liverpool, and then at Man City it was a bang dead heat, 0.96 apiece. So there was not a lot between them and their opponents in all three matches. So again, I'm willing to forgive them for that little mini run of, uh, of poor form. And yeah, they're playing a weaker team this time around uh, against uh, in Fulham. They've dominated at home generally so far this season, have Brighton. They've absolutely hammered Luton, hammered Newcastle, hammered Bournemouth. Um, obviously, that one blemish on the uh, on the book being a defeat to West Ham, but I think they'll have learned the lesson from that. Uh, and I don't think New- uh, Fulham have the tools to be able to play in that same manner. And yeah, Fulham have just been a, just a big mixed bag this season. They've been really difficult to pin down. They've had a couple of good performances a couple of fluky performances and a couple of really bad performances. But generally, when they travel, they are poor. Um, the underlying data suggests so. One expected goal four per game, which again highlights the attacking struggles, and nearly two expected goals against per game. So I think this is a good opportunity for Brighton to bounce back. 
Uh, and generally, when they bounce back uh, or when Brighton win, they do do so by a fairly wide margin because they're just so just so good going forward. You can, they can score three, four goals with with relative ease. So um, yeah, taking Brighton on the handicap, I'm going to make that a one and a half unit play as well. Well, I'm going to make my play one and a half units, but it's just going to be strictly on the total over 3.25 at plus 102 because betting the over on Brighton is cashed every game week of the season except for last week where it was a half loss. They've covered, there's been four more goals scored in every game but one, and the one game was last week when City went up two goals after 20 minutes and being someone who backed City to score two and a half, I cannot tell you how painful watching that game was. I cannot believe that they stopped there. And I also can't believe that Brighton didn't find a second goal in the second half as well. So that kind of went against the grain. Uh, betting over the Brighton total has been cash money this season. They can do it themselves. It also means that the other team can score as well. So maybe this is just what Fulham needs to find to, 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 to put the ball into the back of the net. So, um, why go against a trend that has been exceptionally profitable this season? The total over 3.25, a one and a half unit play at plus 102. I can't believe it's still plus money at that. And I know it's not three, it's plus 3.25, but let's roll with it, Jake. Brighton in the overs is just a match made in heaven. Yeah, it is. We, we got burned, as you said last week, uh, one goal away from um, a winner there, but. But yeah, generally the, the trend suggests that this is it's going to go close for you on that goal total. Um, yeah, the only issue is just Fulham. Is just yeah. you know how, what kind of approach do they take? Obviously, they've had like I said some really weird games against you know, Spurs. Didn't really show up against Chelsea. They didn't really show up, and both of those games went unders against Arsenal. City early doors, they were wide open, created chances, conceded chances. So depends what Fulham you get on the day, I think. Uh, let's move things forward. It's our fourth game of our feature five. And it's fourth place Liverpool taking on 15th place Nottingham Forest. Liverpool beat Everton the Merseyside Derby. 2-0 was the final. Everton went down to 10 men. Ashley Young was sent off early, which made it relatively comfortable for Liverpool. I mean, Everton were their, their combative cells, but Liverpool far too much class and quality. The goals came late. Salah with a brace. He's now up to seven goals scored and four assists on the season. Liverpool played to the over two and a half and seven of nine. Both teams to score in six of eight. Six wins at home in six in all competitions. We always document how good Anfield is to them. 11 goals scored, two conceded in the Premier League at home and undefeated in 15 straight in all competitions at home. They do play to lose at home on Thursday in the Europa League. Uh, Robertson is confirmed out long-term with a shoulder. Jones is suspended, but Gakpo comes back available for Jurgen Klopp. For Nottingham Forest, they went from two up to two, two at home to Luton Town. My God, they conceded twice from the 83rd minute on, which nullified a Chris Wood brace. They had a 3.28 XG in that game. They're best on the season, but still only come away with yet another drop. No losses in three, but no wins in five. Under two and a half has played in six of seven. They're one, one, three away from home. They do have the third worst expected goals, but the expected goals against is much closer to being mid-table. Get this, they conceded 68 goals last season. But through 12 games, uh, through nine games, they've just conceded 12 this season. So they're a completely different team. They, they can't score, but defensively, they're much, much better. hudson Adoy is out. Origi's out. Danio is out, among others. Last season, head-to-head, a 3-2 home win for Liverpool and a 1-0 home win for Forrest as well. Both teams to score has played in five of seven. Simple question, do Liverpool just keep things rolling at Anfield this weekend? Yeah, they do. Um, they're not valued to do so, though. Um, I'm, I've got no play in this. I was looking at the potential handicap for Liverpool. Um, the line's at minus one, three quarters. And I don't know, like you said, Forrest looked to have improved. Um especially defensively. Uh, but they've also scored at Old Trafford, they scored twice, they scored at Arsenal as well. So that would put me off slightly taking Liverpool on the handicap. Um, I do think we are seeing a little bit of kind of pattern with Forest results. Um, you know, the, the three games we've played against teams that finished in the top four last season, they were beaten. 
everyone they've played that they're probably going to finish in and around them. They've they've kind of picked up points against, and obviously Liverpool will finish in the top four, top six this season. Um, and last season their away form was just crap in general, so we can't really lean on that too much. And, and say, you know, they went to Arsenal and got beat 4-0. They went to Man City got beat 6-0. Um, I could see them maybe getting on the score sheet, but I could also see them getting absolutely hammered. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I've ended up with just no play in this one. Just want to have a little look, have a watching brief. I think they get hammered. I just I just don't think they can score reliably. Brennan Johnson's a big miss for this team. They dealt with some personnel issues in terms of players available for their attack. That's why Chris Wood is starting. But when Chris Wood goes to Anfield, I just if, if he's leading the line, I just don't think that that means good things for Forrest. Liverpool... I just I, I love this team. I think that they have a legitimate shot to win the Premier League. I think they can tighten things up when they need to. Unlike last season, they've completely turned that around. They're much better defensively. Now that they have players with legs and positional acumen in the midfield, it's so important for this group to maintain that balance. And I do think they have that. I'm basing it based on the fact that Nottingham Forest have really struggled to create chances. I don't think they'll be able to do that at, New, at, at, at Anfield. My fourth bet of this podcast, my fourth bet at a plus number. Liverpool win to nil at plus 139. A full unit play. Liverpool wins this. It's just a matter of whether they can keep a clean sheet. And I say that they do this time around, Jake. Yeah, that that would be one I would be looking at. Um, win to nil. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, midweek European game and I'd only play to lose, but... Um, that Thursday Sunday is very different from Wednesday Sunday, um, so yeah, I I wouldn't put anyone off back following you in there and win to nil. I do think it's got a very good chance. And like you said, we we are we, we're starting to see a little bit more uh, consistency from the defense defensive side of things for for Liverpool in terms of limiting the number of chances that they're conceding. Um, which yeah is is a massive positive, but you know you. you I personally still want to see a little bit more to just before I trust them in a, in a win-to-nil market. And, you know, I know you, you had the winner last week against Everton, but if Ashley Young doesn't get sent off, how we, you know, no one knows how that game goes. They probably, probably still win-to-nil. Everton generally don't create against big teams anyway. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to uh, to let you ride solo on that one. Thank you. Uh, just a quick mention, the 3-2 win last year. It came right at the end of the season for Liverpool. It was manic. It was crazy. But Forrest were fighting for the Premier League lives. They couldn't defend to save their lives. And Liverpool were just kind of just patching things together. They had a really good end to the season, but none of it looked anywhere near Liverpool at their best. So I can't see the game playing out that way these two teams have both changed significantly since that time so hence my bet on this one a full unit play uh let's get straight to it looking forward to this one the manchester oh, yeah. this weekend i am i'm always <laughs> up for the derby game with united and with city although being a united supporter i'm not expecting a great result on the day but United come into this fixture that's being played Sunday afternoon. A little bit of an odd time. I believe it's 3.30 p.m. local time. Uh, off back-to-back wins. Don't ask how, just ask how many. 2-1 over Sheffield United and 1-0 over Copenhagen in the Champions League where they were, in my opinion, completely outplayed. And it was a last touch of the ball. It was a penalty given to Copenhagen. And Andre Onana stepped up big time. So Onana and Maguire help propel them to victory. It is worth mentioning over the course of their last three games for Manchester United, McTominay has three goals, Dallow has one, and Maguire has a goal. Where's the attackers in this United squad? No one can finish. Uh, however, United have won three in a row. Does that mean momentum? Probably not. Uh, they have been first to score in five of seven. Uh, they've scored 11 goals in nine games this season. Uh, just by comparison, that's the same amount of goals that Wolves have scored on the season. And they're only 12th in expected goals. United are 3-0-2 at home uh, with seven goals scored and seven conceded. Yikes. Reguillon returned. He did play midweek in the Champions League. <laughs> Casemiro will be back. The only reason why I mentioned Reguillon because Malassi and Shah are still out. Uh, and Kobe Manu on the verge of returning as well. 
As for Man City, still not at their best, are they? But they did win as well. It's a good Brighton side at home. 2-1 was the final. Alvarez and Holland both scored within the first 20 minutes. And it was another game where their XG was under one. That's three straight Premier League games that their XG has clocked in under one, according to Understat. Uh, they're just fifth overall in terms of XG, but they still do have the best expected goals against. And seven goals conceded is still tops in the Premier League. Uh, they're 3-0-2 away from home, but they do have the best away expected goals and expected goals against. They're in Switzerland on turf on Wednesday playing young boys. Akanji is, is suspended to center back uh, for this game after being sent off late against Brighton. Head-to-head, it was a 2-1 United victory at Old Trafford last season. However, City won 6-3 at the Etihad and won 2-1 in the FA Cup final. United, no clean sheets in five against their City rival. Uh, City, no clean sheets in four, over two and a half. And both teams scored, both played in four of five. And City have struck first in five of five. Uh, neither team come in on sparkling form. Uh, both have been forced to play a little bit pragmatic. Uh, I'm not sure if I have a complete book on either. So how do you approach this game? Because I actually look at the markets on Pinnacle, and there's a lot that piques my interest. <laughs> I think it's a matter of what to play rather than if out of this one. For sure, yeah. Um, I was saying before we started recording, this is a game I've actually got three bets down for. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to make all three plays. Do it. Uh, Do it. I might Go make two. It. I might make two. And the reason I will drop one um, is because of the yeah the city, I guess you can call them attacking struggles. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the first play I, I'm going to make is uh, I'm going to go one and a half units on the unders on the goal total, 2.75, uh, which is at minus 106 currently. Uh, I mean, what? there's not much else I can add around Manchester United because they are just bad. Like, they're just a bad football team. Uh, <clears throat> the defence is a shambles. They've tightened up a little bit, which I think I give them credit for because they've got missing players. Um, and they, they, you know, the, the, the kind schedule came at a very good time for that group of players in the sense of, they needed to play a Burnley. They needed to play a Sheffield United because they were getting shredded um, by Arsenal, by Brighton. Um, but, you know, even even across those four, you know, games in which they've won three times, they played Burnley, Palace, Brentford, Sheffield United. They've they lost the XG battle to Burnley. They narrowly won it against Palace. They narrowly won it against Brentford and they narrowly won it against Sheffield United who are on pace to be the worst Premier League team we've ever seen. So it's not a very pretty picture for Manchester United at all. Um, The last six, they've averaged just 1.1 expected goals for per game. You mentioned the goal scorers of recent times. None of them are forwards. <laughs> none of them, none of the forwards are getting involved in the scoring just because they're not getting the end of the chances. Like they're not getting opportunities to score. Um, and yeah, like I said, the defense is slowly starting to improve. I do think that we'll see a more pragmatic approach in this matchup. We might see a Casemiro Amrabat double pivot if they're both available. Um, and it will be more of a counter attack approach. But that, that, that's that. Coupled with Manchester City's attacking struggles, as you mentioned, they failed to generate over one XG in the last three games. They've averaged just one expected goal per game across the last four. Um, so you've got two teams really struggling to create chances. And then you've got this Manchester City defence, which is just incredibly solid. They've only conceded more than one expected goal in one of nine games this season, which I think is remarkable. Um Average of just 0.7. So I fully expect City to keep United in check. It's just a case of can United deal with what is at the moment a misfiring City attack. So I like the unders. Um, I think we're going to be in for a little bit of a, a bit of a grind. I'm also going to make a play on Manchester City to win to nil at plus 223. So it's a big number. Um, but I just think that if City keep a clean sheet, they win the game. Quite simply, um, I think they'll score at least once. It might be getting enough for one nil. Um, so th- those are going to be my two plays. The third was going to be City on the handicap, which is at minus zero point seven five. But I think I don't don't quite know if at this moment in time I trust them, even against this haphazard makeshift United defence, to score a couple. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna i I'm gonna keep it at Man City Winter. Now that's gonna be a full unit play. But the main bet is taking under two point seven five goals. Okay. Um I do not want to go head to head. I'm stating this for the record, but I do disagree with you. Um because this city side, they're not giving up chances, but they're giving up goals. You can see they get they have one clean sheet since their second game of the year in all competitions against Newcastle. They conceded to Brighton. Arsenal, Leipzig, two to Wolves, um, Red Star, Belgrade. They can they conceded. Uh, West Ham scored against them. Fulham scored against them. Sheffield United scored against them as well. So although the data looks good, they're conceding cheap goals and regularly in this fixture somehow, some way. And United have been second best for a long time now. United score goals against City at Old Trafford in these games. It's very rarely. Um, anything like a low-scoring fixture. I was considering just playing City on the handicap, but I think that both teams to score in the overs to play because United are a nightmare at the back. I, I know that that Harry Maguire's got some praise, but he's, he's playing against poor teams. Like, how doesn't this City team score multiple goals in this game at, against this United side, which looks completely unorganized, from a defensive perspective, how many times, Jake, do you see teams attack United down the flanks because there's no balance there? Delo's not their best defensive right back. Juan Bissaka's out. They don't have a left back that can defend. And then they cut the ball back in the middle of the park and Amrabat or Casemiro are completely out of position. No one tracks back. And that runner coming inside the area, like it could be a field day for a player like Phil Foden in this game. Like honestly, how much time and space he might actually have. So I, I think that City can put two, three past United wouldn't surprise me at all. And I'm just banking on United finding a goal against City like they've been conceding against everyone this season. So both teams to score in the over two and a half at plus 118 is my play. Again, I do not want to go head to head on this because I'm not that comfortable. I just the way that these fixtures have played out, that seems to be the best bet in these games. Um, and... The data on City, I get it, but they keep on conceding just these cheap goals. And if there's any game for Rashford or Hoyland or these players to get their act together, it's a home derby at City at Old Trafford. So both teams That's score, not- Eddie over, give me a full unit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, as I said, I, I'm, I'm going with a low-scoring City win. I just think, you know, I know Akanji got sent off, didn't he, last time out, but you've got Ruben Diaz waiting to come in. You know, just just the know. Ruben Diaz back there. Um, obviously, Rodri's back he had a, uh, after his suspension. And I know they're conceding these silly goals. Played, but... These guys played Sheffield United away. Like, it's it's the same players. It's the same team. Home to Red Star, Belgium. Like, how are they conceding goals? Like, the data suggests that they shouldn't. I fully understand that. But two clean sheets on the season. Home to Nottingham Forest in their second game of the season against Newcastle. That's it. That's it. So, I, I don't know if it's lack of focus, if things have become a little bit too straightforward. But still. I think so. I think that, that that's what I'd say it would be. A little bit of complacency. Um, obviously, the Brighton one was different. They went into 2-0 lead. Brighton had to kind of turn the screw a little bit, and they have the tools to do that. Um, but yeah, you've also got the... Not, 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 not that this is going to play into either team's thinking, but City have got a free midweek next week. They can go all out, hell for leather. Man United defending Carabao Cup champions. They're playing at home to Newcastle on, in midweek. You know, um, They've got a, a thin squad as it is. I'm not saying that that's going to make Man United play any less, but it might make, make Manchester City play a little bit harder and not as, you know, as complacent because they're looking ahead to one game, which we have seen them do before in the sense of, you know, they've got a big, big Champions League game coming up, or they've got a derby coming up. Um, I just think that, they, that, that I think I said it on the previous podcast before that Manchester City Newcastle Carabao game. City want to get out of that cup competition fairly quickly because it clashes with the Club World Cup and also this, it, it, you know, frees up a week in the schedule that's getting busy. I think that obviously they didn't do it on purpose. They would have liked to have gotten through, but it does mean that they have a free week after this match, which I think is huge at this period in time. Not just because it gives time in the legs, but also this City team is still trying to find itself this season. 
There's quite a lot of key players that are missing, and I think that week will give them an extra bit of time. And I, I think you're making the case for City on the handicap here. Like maybe, maybe, yeah. I just saw the I thought the bigger number City to Winton. I could see them going there and doing a number one nil. Um, it would not surprise me at all if they if they just went there and really kind of just killed Manchester United, like just death by possession, just really cause like you said, Rashford, Hoyland. They need something special to happen at some point soon, but they're going to be suffocated and, and starved of service in this game and everything we've seen from United. Yeah, may, maybe City the handicap is 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 the way to go as well. But uh, I just saw that price of City wins nil. I, I think that's juicy. I think generally when they play in big games, they keep things quite tight. Um, it, it, you know, they were close to winning to nil against Arsenal. I know it was a deflected goal at the end. They had the better of the chances in the game. So I, I'm going to ride that. I think that's a, it's, a, it's a big plus number. Go against the grain, perhaps. Um, and like, as you said, United have played rubbish teams recently, and they've looked rubbish. So yeah. playing against the best team in the land. I mean, I, I, you know, I, they should I look can't even worse. United, but once again, City haven't had a clean sheet against United in their last four. Those United teams haven't been very good. Head to head. Uh, over two and a half, both teams have scored four or five. So head to head. No... No, what, what's that to had United score or don't score? Is that it? Like, that, that's where it'd be. Like, whether that's United be, scores yeah. a goal or not, because I can't see United coming away with a clean sheet here. There's no chance. I just, anyways, contrasting plays. I don't think it's a direct head yeah, yeah. so I'm going to skirt my way out of this one. I don't need to go five <laughs> which would be an acceptable result for my bet in this game if City won that game 5-1 on the week. <laughs> could actually play out that way. Uh, let's quickly go rapid fire for the rest of this weekend's fixtures. 10th place Chelsea at uh, against at home, I should say, against 14th place Brentford. Saturday lunchtime. What do you make of it? Um, Brentford on the handicap for me. Um, plus 0.75 is what we're getting. So half a play on the double chance, half a play on plus one. Um, we're getting a plus number as well, plus 108. It has tightened slightly. It was plus 111 yesterday, but... I still think there's juice in that price. Um, you know, as I mentioned last week, Chelsea just three home league wins in 17 since the start of the calendar year, lost seven times. They threw away the game against Arsenal. Uh, as I touched upon at the start, um, when Arsenal started going quite direct was when they found quite a lot of joy. So I do wonder if that is potentially um, an avenue for success for a Brentford team that can play in a very direct manner when they want to. Um and yeah, they, you know, Brentford, they've lost at Newcastle and Man United, but they were both very narrow. It was, you know, that Newcastle one was a 1-0. The United one was a McSauce brace at the end of the game. Um, and yeah, they, they are in a false position, Brentford. Like they're the 14th in the league, seventh best on expected uh, goals data. And their away process is solid. 1.7 expected goals for 1.0 against. And I know Chelsea are so, showing signs of life, um, but... I don't know. I think Brentford could be a real banana skin for them. And obviously we've got the, the security there on the handicap that if they lose by a goal, Brentford, we only make half a loss. So um, yeah, for me, that, that that's the play. I, I, I When I looked at it, I thought that that was a play that you're going to make. Uh, I have a different play. It's going to be the under. Da, na, 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 <laughs> under two and a half at plus 107. My six plus money bet this week. Um Look, you, you mentioned it, Brentford, seven, seventh in expected points. And that's over five points better than their actual point total. I think they've been a little bit unlucky, but they're starting to get better defensively. That's really where they were weak at the start of the year, coming off a clean sheet against Burnley. And they are actually in the top five in terms of expected goals in the Premier League. Chelsea, my, my only reservation of betting Brentford on the handicap is maybe it's coming together a little bit for Chelsea as they get a little bit more healthy here. I'm not quite sure, but I'm fairly confident they're going to play to the under. They've been under two and a half and five of seven. And they're the fourth best expected goals against. So two teams that don't give up a lot of chances. Um, they played to a nil to a goalless draw last season as well. And they head to head, they played under two and a half and four or five. So a full unit play under two and a half at plus one Oh seven for this one. Chelsea under last week betrayed me this week. We set things right. Ars Arsenal and Sheffield United. This was the one game this week that somehow I don't have a play for. I have no doubt that Arsenal are absolutely going to, plaster like absolutely destroy Sheffield United but I'm not sure what mark which market to play there's nothing that jumps out to me so I'm just going to stay away entirely yeah you and me both um 
I was potentially looking at under three and a half, which is where the line is currently at minus one eleven, yeah, but can't do it. Yeah. Blades Blades have played teams very close, apart from that Newcastle defeat, uh, which I think we have to give them. I don't know if you can give them credit for losing games, but um, <laughs> they've stayed in uh, in matches quite well. Uh, yeah, two one United, two 0 West Ham, two one Tottenham, two one City, two one Forest, one 0 Palace. All the all of the defeats, bar the Newcastle eight 0 and Fulham three one, have all come unders. But yeah, the Emirates is a bit of a fortress. So watching brief, or maybe not. I don't know if I'll watch that one. Uh, I definitely will not. Uh, look, the markets have, have, like, I can't bet. I can't back Sheffield United. And the markets have swung so far the underway that it's hard to bet it, bet against them as well. That's kind of the current state of play. Unless they turn things around, more injuries in the team, they're a nightmare. Uh, don't think I'm watching this one either, but there's some intrigue here, maybe a bet to make. 19th place Bournemouth against 18th place Burnley. is on the hot seat for Bournemouth. Uh, this is the one winnable fixture that they have over the next bit because next up for Bournemouth is Liverpool in the cup. Then they play City in Newcastle. So this could be Areola's last stand. Do Bournemouth come away with the result and a first win on the season to keep them in a job, Jake? Uh, I don't know. Um, I've, <laughs> I've got no play in this. Uh, I... Yeah, Bournemouth have surprised me with how poor they've been and how poorly they've adapted to um, Iriola's systems and tactics. You know, a very successful manager over in Spain. I thought they'd be much further down the road of development than, than much what they are. I was willing them to give a uh, give them a little bit of a pass. First seven matches to, to pick up three points from seven games is a poor return, but the schedule was really tough out the gate. So there's a little bit of a pass there, but the last two games against Everton and Wolves Everton, the manner in which they lost that, and obviously Wolves, they were kind of they, they were level before the red card, and that kind of swung things. So it could have gone either way, but yeah, uh, and the same with Burnley. To be fair, I mean, some could call this El Sacchio. You never know. Vincent Company could Kompany be on his bike soon. I mean, they're they're absolutely um, awful, Burnley. Like, and now they have even more injuries in this team. Roberts is suspended this weekend. Ekdal, Bayer, uh, Larson's gone. At, like, they can't afford. This is a one win. One draw and seven losses for Burnley. This is Bournemouth. I think this is their last stand here. And I do think that they're yes, going to win. I, that's why I'm betting Bournemouth on a plus number against a bad team. Plus 116. I, I just, if, if I lose this bet, then, you know, Bournemouth are done. They're dusted. But, like, this is a game where they need to win. They have some players healthy back in the team. Scott played last week, made his debut for the club. So let's go. Bournemouth, Areola, first win at home. It has to come against Burnley. That has to be the point. You're a brave man. I, You're a brave that man. That has to be it. This is it Trust in that team. They were such a sweetheart for me last season, and it just hasn't gone that way. And this is where they turn things around before they absolutely get battered in their next three games at all costs. So. Yeah, the only the only thing I will say to that um, as a kind of counter-argument is that, yes, Burnley have been, as you would say, dog's breakfast, yeah. but their their schedule's been really tough. Yeah. Like, they've, they've, they've lost to City, Villa, Spurs, United, Newcastle, Chelsea, and Brentford, and the two games they haven't lost are against teams that you'd expect to be in and around them, Forest and Luton. So, if anything, I'd be looking at potentially back in Burnley, but I'm not going to. No bet for you in this game? Are you making an official or a... Has my backing of Bournemouth made you change your mind? <laughs> well, you have your head to head. No, no bet, no bet. I, I, if I was, you know, from a, from a value perspective, I think Burnley are probably the the bet. But um, I don't know. I, I'd still want to see a little bit more from them. It's just trust issues with the pair, unfortunately. I'm going to be all over this game. 19th versus 18th, by the way. Come on, Bournemouth. <laughs> this is the week. Uh, uh, ninth place, West Ham, taking on 16th place, Everton. I do have a bet in this game as well. Jake, do you? Yeah, I've, I'm taking over two and a half. Um, the line is over 2.75. I'm going to drop it to two and a half for a price of minus 130. Um, yeah, West Ham overs landed in seven of nine this season, which you know sounds a lot for a kind of David Moyes-led team, but... Underlying data suggests that it's probably not enough. It should have been higher. Um, 1.6 expected goals for per game, 2.3 expected goals against per game. So they've looked very shaky 
defensively so far this season have West Ham and Everton. Obviously, off the back of that derby game, they were pretty non-existent. Even before the red card, they struggled to make much of a mark. But prior to that, they've shown plenty of attacking quality. And um, yeah, if you look at Everton's schedule so far this season um, and their performances, they've really struggled to create against better teams. So they've generated just 0.7 XG against Villa, 0.3 against Arsenal and just 0.1 against Liverpool. If you take the other six matches against the rest, if you like, they've averaged 2.75 expected goals for per game. So when they play against teams that aren't effectively, you know, destined to finish in the top eight, top nine, they create a lot of good chances. Um, and I don't, West Ham, they started off the season looking like one of those teams that could potentially crash the top six. I don't think they're anywhere near that level. Um, and I think Everton will be able to create chances against them. So I thought the overs looked a solid play uh, at minus 130. And that's a one and a half unit play for me. Ooh, a couple big bets by Jake this week. Um, I like this one as well. I'm on the over. Exact same train of thought. But I'm going to stick it, keep with over 2.75 at minus 103. West Ham of note do play away in Greece against Olympiacos on Thursday, but they have the fourth worst expected goals against, and they played to over two and a half in seven of their last nine games in all competitions. Both teams to score has played in seven of nine. And Everton, it's incredible. Their expected points are almost seven and a half points higher than their actual, and their nine goals scored, I mean, their XG is 17.66. I mean, that's a big number. They just need to be able to finish their chances. Also, um, uh, the passing of the chairman, Ken Wright, I'm not sure if that will have a knock-on effect as well. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I just do expect goals in this game. One of my favorite bets of the week, uh, full unit, 2.75 at minus 103. I was considering Jake, and I was going to have you talk me into it if you can. Everton over one and a half goals at plus 173. Plus 173. They score two goals. I mean, that's a big number, and I can and I'm considering making that play. I won't lock it in for the purposes of this podcast, but against a leaky West Ham back line, the goalkeeper is a question whether he sticks with Areola or not. Playing Thursday, can Everton score two goals the way they've been playing? By the data, they've been creating enough chances. So I'll, I'll leave that one to mull over for the time being, um, unless you have anything to add there. No, I wouldn't put you off that. I could see this being maybe a 2-2 kind of game where you do get quite a bit of goals. Um, Yeah, the fact that West Ham are away in Greece, they've got a very thin squad as it is. I think that definitely plays into the favour of of it being a little bit open, potentially you know, a bit leggy from them. Um, Yeah, I'd be shocked if this is a low-scoring game. Yeah, me too. Wow. So we're both on the overs agreement there. And the final game of the weekend, maybe one of the most lopsided on paper, fifth place Aston Villa against 17th place Luton Town. How do you see this one playing out? Um, I think Villa win this with room to spare. Uh, They've just been phenomenal at home, really, since your name came in. But 11 straight home league games they've won, which is phenomenal. It's ridiculous, really. Um, aggregate score of 31 to 5 wow. um, and all four wins so far this season in uh, at home have covered the current handicap which is at minus 1.75 um, no surprise the process 2.5 expected goals for 1.1 against um, and Luton away from home major defensive issues they've conceded 3.3 expected goals against per away game this season even against Forest, 3.3. Everton, 3.7. They've been defensively exposed when travelling. And I think that Villa do to them what Brighton did on the open day of the season and win fairly, very, very, very comfortably. So, yeah, Villa minus 1.75 on the handicap is my play at plus 101. So it's a slight plus number as well, which is a added sweetness to the pot. My eighth plus number of the week out of nine bets. Villa to score over two and a half goals at plus 111. It betrayed me with City last week against Brighton. But, I mean, the the data supports it. Villa, four wins from four at home, 17 goals scored, three against. That's it. They're second in goals overall with 23. I know some of the data shows that they're punching above their weight. Their expected goals is, is, is significantly less than the actual goals. But... Their goal scorers have found form. Ollie Watkins over the last three Premier League games, four goals and three assists. And this is against the Luton Town side, which you accurately said 
I mean, they have the third worst expected goals against, the worst expected goals against away from home in the Premier League and haven't come away with a clean sheet in 12. So I'm hoping Villa just doesn't stop on two like City did last season because they could get three or four against a vastly inferior side. So go with the team with home form who's scoring goals for fun um, against a side that really struggles uh, defensively at this level. So that's our board this week. Do you have a best bet that you want to share? Ooh, do I have a best bet? Um, well, my favourite bet is City win to nil because it's the biggest price. I think it's got a very good chance of landing. Um, my favourite bet, or my best bet, would have to be probably Brighton on the handicap this week. Okay. I quite like them to get back to winning ways. Uh, my favourite bet of the week is Bournemouth. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I like the over West Ham Everton as well as an under. I like the under Palace Spurs. Uh, those are my favorite two uh, plays this week as I turn my attention more to the total for this week's plays. You can find all of them on Pinnacle on X or whichever social media that you follow. Make sure you subscribe to Pinnacle's YouTube channel. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast from. Tell your friends and follow along at Gareth Wheeler at Jake Oz. I am Gareth.Wheeler if you're following me on Instagram as well so our game week 10 plays are in the books best of luck this week jake we'll do it all again next week and we'll have carabao cup fixtures to deal with in terms of the the fixture list and how the congestion continues to build and what that may mean for these teams moving forward good stuff again this week pal we'll see you next week yeah have a good one best of luck no head-to-heads this week so don't have to cheer anything on against you Thankfully, I'm, I'm, I'm betting the board <laughs> rather than betting against Jake Osgathorpe. Uh, on behalf of Jake and everyone at Pinnacle, I am Gareth Mueller. This is the EPL Insights with statistics powered by Understat.